from that perspective, it's like, well, these bullets are effectively interchangeable, different alloy, different construction, so it's a lighter weight projectile. But what's better? A bullet that enters at 130, stops at 130, or in my opinion, exits at 130, um, or a bullet that enters at 150 and stops at 80, or exits at 80. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Cartridge Talks Fully Loaded. This is 223 versus 300 Blackout. Mm. Uh, Ryan, these are two really cool cartridges. A lot of the cartridges we talk about, and maybe it's because it's uh, you know all the rage these days. Uh, we're talking about you know long range performance, this, that, the other. Uh, the context of these two. We're going to talk, I guess, for, you know, are they adequate for deer? Uh, relatively short range. Yeah. And, and actually, I'd say not even relatively. Like, they are short range for yeah. that application. Yes. Neither of these would be astute long-range cartridges. I've never killed a deer with a 300 AAC. I've killed a deer with a 223. I was in a situation uh, just the other day. I was bow hunting. It was bow season. So, I guess it wouldn't. You shouldn't rifle hunt during bow season, so I'll get that. I'll, I'll get that on the table. Probably goes without saying. However, yeah, we've got a rifle doe season coming up, and I was in a stand. All the deer came out inside of one hundred yards. That is a perfect opportunity. And I was like, it, it made me think. I knew we had this talk upcoming, and I was like, it just was the perfect situation for for. Uh, use of one of these cartridges yes um you have killed a deer with a 223 very dead yeah you gotta uh we've talked about it before but to me like a astounding amount of performance out of it i attribute that to bullet style placement and impact velocity so it was a very short shot it was not far Oh, okay. How far was it? I was under fifty. This okay. was this was a situation in which a rangefinder wasn't required. <laughs> so, um, and like lightning bolt, like top the shoulder, a uh, Barnes, um, and did exactly what I guess I would have expected. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect differently out of a three hundred AC. I've got a number of friends of mine that use three hundred AC for deer. For deer, pretty mm-hmm. pretty pretty regularly. Um, our good friend and uh, sometimes podcast guest Trenton Brenny mm-hmm. has used the 300 AC on a number of occasions, I believe, to kill deers and with good success. And uh, I think he's used the Barnes 110s and the 110 VMAXs. Trent, if you're listening, and I hope you are, please let me know exactly which ones you used. <clears throat> I think it was both. Um, and I know quite a few other people that have used them for that. And hogs, too. It's a well-reputed hog ground, as is 223 in the sure. in the right um, context. In fact, these two loadings on the table um, for hogs, I've talked to a number of folks that have used specifically these and with resounding and uh, exceptional results. Yes. Um the, uh, the 300 blackout, you know, every time... I look at one. Um, it's almost, uh, and so, like, I'll say this. I love this round. I think it can be very effective uh, for a variety of applications, as is the 223. Um, 
It's somewhat comical looking to me. Looks like a cartoon. Like the proportions aren't right. The uh, the bullet uh, is about the same size as the case itself. Yes. Maybe yes. I'm exaggerating to a degree there, but... Mm. No, you're not far off. And if you look at the original 300 Whisper mm-hmm. or 300-221 Wildcat or what is then commercialized as 300 AAC... Um, a lot of those were shooting 220, 240 grain projectiles, and they were about the size of the case. Mm-hmm. Um, seated out long, of course, but uh, the idea <clears throat> behind the original cartridge was not necessarily supersonic application, but subsonic application. Mm-hmm. Where we would Hence be, the whisper. Yes, where we would be shooting a um, you know very heavy for caliber bullet at just at the speed of sound or below um, from the muzzle. Uh, the idea was a very discreet package in fact the first suppressor i had ever fired um was a 300 whisper oh really yep and i did not know that the gun necessarily went off because it was like tink mm-hmm. and then the report on steel downrange um was alarmingly louder than the gun firing itself um so it is a cartridge that in the subsonic application suppresses exceptionally well mm-hmm. and you know hence the name uh, but in supersonic, then it's a. I think it's a really sweet little hunting round mm-hmm. uh, within its limitations. You know, it's it, what I like about this comparison, this conversation is we're talking about two very popular uh, cartridges, uh, both used uh, in uh, I guess we'll say military theater, um, both wildly popular uh, on the hunting landscape. Uh, I'd say, you know, for the for the 223, I'd say predominantly in the in the predator yeah. varmint realm. Um, but like I said, we're talking about, you know, are these adequate for deer? Uh, and they're doing the same job different ways. Yes, I yes, thousand One, thousand percent agree. You know, the the 223 is going light and fast. Yep, and and the 300 blackouts going big and slow. Yes. Do you, uh, and maybe so, you know, we'll have to examine the gels here, but what's the, uh, what do you think is the better path for uh, the intended result? You know, I ruminate on this a bit. Um, I'm a fan of velocity sometimes. Sure. In, in the right, in the right place. So if you've listened to this podcast before, you, I'm a fan of Barnes bullets, <laughs> um, which may come as a shock to you, and so let today be the revelation. Okay, this is my full admission. Uh, You're I, finally. I'm com- it's I'm, taken you a while yeah, to mention. I'm that. coming clean with this. I love Barnes bullets, and w- what I've learned over the years of using them is that um, they work fine. You know, when you've got a, what I'll call an appropriate weight match for caliber. So, so maybe context there. I was talking to a podcast listener this morning. He was looking to load up some Barnes bullets in a 300 Weatherby. Okay. And I was touting the merits of the 175 grain LRX, mm-hmm. which is a load that I throw in my 300, or used to when I used to shoot that dang thing. Um, and that would be like an appropriate weighted bullet for that cartridge. Um, I have shot way more 130 grain Barnes TTSXs out of that cartridge, which is absurd because it's one of the biggest 30 calibers you can get and one of the smallest 30 caliber bullets you can push 
Um, so anyway, long story. I always I I ask you this question every time you talk about it. Then I forget afterwards, but it's the one that pops in my head. How fast are those things going? Thirty six fifty. Oh my goodness! And when they hit, they are ridiculous. Um, what they what they do to a body cavity. Um, never caught one. No, never caught one out of a deer. Um, you're gonna ever. you're gonna need a bigger butterfly net. Yeah, and uh, golly, was that an effective round? Horrible to shoot. Atrocious recoil. Obviously detrimental to barrel life, um, just a lot to tame. But my goodness, was the terminal performance exceptional? And so maybe not that cart. Well, no, probably was that cartridge. I then started shooting the 130 in every 30 caliber mm-hmm. that I ran. So 308, 30 out six, 300 short mag, 300 wind mag. Uh, enamored with the performance, loved it. Um, and so with Barnes, I've. I've generally gone light and fast, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and and today the probably the most common loading that I'm going to carry in a thirty is going to be three hundred eight. I'm going to be shooting one thirty TTSXs. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I mean, you've talked to me about that loading out of that you know firearm. It, it, it's a pretty cool sweet spot. I think it. I think the bullet, that bullet, the one thirty TTSX. And the 308 are the perfect marriage, depending on what you're hunting. But for mule deer, pronghorn, whitetails, sure. pigs, probably. I've never shot a pig with that. Plan on doing that. I'm going to go down to maybe Oklahoma this winter and see if I can rousal, rouse up a, a pork. But um, that's a, that is, you are correct. That is a sweet spot. So out of like my Kimber, I'm getting 3150. Out of my 16 inch Tika, I'm getting 2940. Um, with that 130 TTSX, and they're devastating. Like they they are just gross when they hit things. I, I killed a white-tailed doe with it earlier this year at kind of a poke um, on the outside of, of distance um, that you would expect to encounter a white-tail maybe in Wisconsin and um, catastrophic results. And so I like the light and fast mm-hmm. out of there. And, and I think the 223 just inherently is going to bring that to the table. But you're on the marginal side of mass anyway, like with a 53, 55 grain loading, mm-hmm. that's a light bullet. It's already going fast. Yep. Um, and so I don't, I don't think like if there was a 45 grain option on the table, I don't know that I would pursue that necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, the 52, 53, 55, um, 60, 62 grain class in that case is more than appropriate. And you're still getting some, some very respectable velocity. And <clears throat> I mean, yeah, so this this Barnes loading that we shot during this test, uh, the uh, it's a 55 grainer. It's the TSX. And uh, yeah, muzzle velocity, box posted, 3240. Yep. Moving. It's moving. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they make heavier bullets than that. They bring that all the way up to a 70. Um, and that that particular bullet, Loaded in that particular case is a top selection for some of the tier one operators that defend this country on the daily basis. That is a uh, renowned um, terminal package. Interesting. Yes. I'd have to, uh, or I'd like to, look up the, what uh, the velocity on that is. Yeah. Because I'd be curious. And, and I mean, 70 grains, that's nothing to scoff at. No, that's a that's a heavyweight 22 caliber projectile. And so that that's a... Um, you know, I'm, 
I'm sure it would be fantastic on a whitetail as well. I think I think that would do just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that light and fast, introducing that that hydrostatic shock, if that concept is still sound today, I never know what people are after now. Whether they're chasing energy or um, that hydrostatic shock, I got I got big on that when I started shooting those 130s. I thought that was in fact what killed everything was hydrostatic shock. Um, it was back when I used to watch a lot of high speed gel photography. <laughs> you watch the gel blah, blow up, you know. I mean, you can't argue that something... Something's happening. Happening. Yeah. <laughs> Something is happening. Yes. And then w- when you open up a, a thoracic cavity and you get the, the goo, mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, whatever that was was serious. Um, I, but I think that's that's an intelligent loading. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I also feel that way about the fusion, though, too. So I, I wouldn't... I, I really wouldn't scoff at the use of either projectile. Um, Mark and I were just talking about fusions yesterday, just in passing. We were talking mm-hmm. about that bullet and and how well-received it has been since its introduction. Um, for the first time I got to see that round on target was, was something with a heartbeat. It was a mule deer that a good friend of mine shot. Um, massive penetration. That was a, a, a departing shot, we'll call it that. <laughs> what was the shot angle? Departing. Um, and uh, entered entered basically in the ham and exited basically the throat and uh, a deer crumpled like an accordion. I've, I've never heard, you know, I, you know, that bullet and it's various loadings. Mm. I've never heard somebody say a negative thing about it. Nope. It's, a, it's an economical loading. Um, usually you're going to find that in the budget ammunition category but it's like i mean it's it's a bonded bullet option yes which generally i'd say that finds itself when you at least the bonded bullets that i've shot find themselves in the more premium category yes um what what federals brought to the hunting community with that projectile is something pretty special and and same i've never met somebody that's had really a lick of bad things to say about them they generally shoot very well out of every gun that they're fired in and i attribute that to their their jacket concentricity and, and kind of the way that bullet is um, designed and built and, and constructed. Um, very, very concentric jacket thickness. Uh, and, and of course, the core is just the core. And I don't know if I've met anybody who's recovered one and given me a, a synopsis of performance from that respect. I've never seen one recovered, I guess. Yeah. I so. mean, I haven't been around too many critters, I guess, Shot with them. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, when I went out with Kathleen the other day. Yep. She got her first deer. Yep. I think it's probably like a uh, 100, 130 yard shot out yep. of a 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, we were getting her rifle ready. We shot a couple different ammunition options. Um, I'd say both shot really good. Yep. Right. They Either would have done the job famously. I'd say one is m- more, not more, but commonly known for extreme accuracy. Um, and the, the, these uh, they shot better. Like the, sure. we went with the one that shot better. Um, and I, and uh, you know, I love bonded bullets. Um, I knew that the distance that we were gonna likely engage an animal at was going to be about that 100 to 150 yard mark um so i I like i like that they shot well and it performed flawlessly uh bullet went through both shoulders 140 grainer um deer didn't go anywhere Uh, exit oh yeah 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 flattened it right it was a fusion 
and that was the Fusion, yeah. 140 Fusion, out of a 6.5 Creedmoor. I know we're talking about, not talking about those um, no, it's a bullet that, that cartridge today, but the, it's the bullet that's on the table. Yeah, and I think it's a bullet that should get a lot of recognition for what it is. Like I said, a very affordable, but very uh, premium performing projectile, it would seem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have another loading in 300 AC that is the 150 grain power shock. So that classic federal blue box. There you go. You're never disappointed by blue box. You know, it's always been a great, reliable standby. Yeah. Always. And I'm reminded of a story. It was actually one of your guys um, that was trying to get ready for, I think, in a Fognac elk hunt. I think. I think, no. Or maybe it was a maybe Are you, it was are you, ta- are you talking about the scenario where we were getting uh, a rifle situated for two, two X bolts? Yeah. Uh huh. Maybe maybe he was from Alaska and hunting elk in the lower forty eight, or he was going to Alaska to hunt elk. It was lower forty eight elk. Um, but he's from Alaska. A couple HSLRs. We yeah. were getting we were getting the rifles dialed, yeah. doped in. Yeah. And uh, we had all sorts of ammo I to had, try. I went to the local retailer and I bought every box of 300 Win Mag in a hunting bullet on the shelf. And Federal Blue Box, by an enormous margin, was the best shooter. And in both guns, it was great. And those were, there's pre, that was pre-phenomenon, we'll call it. Um, I think those were $22 a box. Yeah. That, and that was great. And it just goes to show, um, you never know. Yep. Don't discredit. Don't discredit the um, the budget ammo. It it may not bring what a Barnes does to the table necessarily, but remember the bullet that shoots the best is the one to use, so long as it's constructed well enough to do the job. Um, and that shot very well. That was well under that mythical minute. So, sure. well under. Um. So yeah, two Barnes offerings uh, in the respective cartridges, two Federal offerings, Fusion and Power Shock in the respective cartridges. It was a good little test. It was fun. We got to shoot, uh, what do they call them now, modern sporting rifles? <laughs> yeah. I call them AR-15s. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it was fun. That was a that was a nice little highlight. And I think that is a significant talking point, too. These two cartridges... 223 and 300 AC, probably most commonly found in that rifle. Yeah, I mean, cartridges that, you know, would you say optimized for? Absolutely. So 300 AC is somewhat of a derivative of 223 Remington in that 300 AC is made out of 221 Fireball, which is loosely based on the 223 and its parent cases. Um Designed to fit in a Stanag magazine, designed to function through a AR with no amendment to the rifle other than barrel. Now, they make some optimized magazines, which I would tell you might be worth pursuing as well. But otherwise, you could simply just swap your barrel and you have a 300 AAC. So, in keeping up with the spirit of the, um, the low recoil, shorter range, ethical hunting solution... I think this all ties together. Um, Mark, you've got some youngsters that are approaching the hunting age. Mm-hmm. Small frame, small stature. Mm-hmm. And what a delightful rifle it would be. Um, 
for you as, as a parent and instructor and a mentor to simply just take the same existent platform you may already have, just shorten the stock, mm-hmm. good control points on the gun, nothing for recoil. We're not going to knock the socks off a youngster um, sitting in a box blind or deer stand or a ground blind um, trying to shoot it. It'll be controllable, it'll be safe, and it'll be effective. Um, but that kind of brings this all together, these two cartridges on the table, um, you know, for a, a either a beginning deer hunting round um, or somebody who just really doesn't want to contend with a ton of recoil um, and wants wants an effective solution. Um, you know, both suppress really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. We were shooting 300 AC suppressed. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Um, if you, if you're the type of person that you kind of find yourself, you're like, man, like where I hunt, mm-hmm. it's always close sort, close quarters, you know, inside a hundred yards. I mean, what a delightful little package, like yep. particularly if you did suppress it to send down range. Um, I don't know. After our testing, I wouldn't tell somebody not to do it. Nope. Now I generally, as you know, fall under the bigger is better umbrella. Um, but these were, they, these did seem to be viable options. I think so. In fact, I may use that 300 AC on this upcoming doe hunt. Oh. Yep. Really? Maybe. Kind of why not? Yep. Maybe. Um. I got a lot of other stuff (laughs) that I should be using too, but, uh, it'd be fun. I got a whole bunch of this Barnes. 110 TAC TX ammunition. Mm-hmm. Got components to load it. Um, fun cartridge to reload. So it's 223, though. 300 blackouts, fun cartridge to play with. How, Such, many, how many grains of powder go on that? Do you know? In the subs, you know, anywhere between 7 and 11. In the supersonics, <laughs> between 15 and 18, depending on what you're using. I mean, it's just like a sprinkle. You know, if you if you would just a, if you would pepper a single fried egg, about that much. <laughs> so <laughs> not not much. If you're you know if you're trying to you know moderate your powder usage, yeah. but still go deer hunting, maybe yeah. this is the cartridge it, for you as well. Two two three is much the same. You know, you're in the low to mid twenties for a charge weight, and and uh, you know super economical cartridge to shoot. Brass is everywhere, um, and just totally fine. But this uh, federal loading, yeah. Trying to look at the box here. Muzzle velocity of uh, 3,000 feet per second. Yep. Uh, 62 grainer. Yep. So, um, and I bring that up because we have the... Uh, soft what, points the first. soft points first here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, still cooking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. And, it's a... And then the 150 power shocks. These guys are going... 1,900 feet per second at the muzzle. 1,685 at 100. Now, Mark, you brought some printouts today that are highlighting another cartridge not shown on the table here. Mm-hmm. That would be 30-30 Winchester, which is something I see the 300 AAC compared to most frequently. Yeah, I mean, you look at... <laughs> You know, just you, you hear about the thirty thirty, and it's you know renowned reputation as deer medicine. It's been doing it since eighteen ninety four. You know, and then you look at this cute little bugger. But yeah, so uh, again, the, uh, not apples to apples here. And I just you know I, I was on the Hornady website, so that's what yep. I print. That's what I printed off here. But 
So this is a 3030 uh, 160 grain FTX yep. bullet. Uh, so we did a lot, we did this testing at 100 yards. So I'm just gonna you know been talking yep. about the muzzle velocity. But so at 100 yards, that 160 grain FTX out of a 3030 is going 2150 uh, with a 100 yard uh, energy of 1643. Hornady also has a 300 blackout loading with the 135 grain FTX, so same bullet, a little bit lighter. Uh, muzzle velocity of 2085. Oh, shoot. Sorry. I'm going to go with the uh, 100 yards. Sorry. 100 uh, yard velocity of 1813. So you've got, you know, 2150 out of the 3030, 1813 out of the uh, blackout. So definitely less with the blackout. It but is. It is. But they're a little bit different um, cartridges. And so what I'm doing right now, so here, here's where I think the 300 AAC and the 3030 actually contend better with each other with a bullet like the 110 TAC-TX. Okay. Uh, because that 110 TAC-TX is going to bring a significantly, we'll call it a more aggressive bullet profile to the table. I don't know if they list any ballistic coefficient figures there for the 160 um, FTX, which is a bullet that I actually shoot out of my 3030 Winchester. But... Um, yeah, you're you're right. I probably didn't pick the bullet. You know, that would maybe be optimize the performance there. I picked it because I picked it because uh, it was offered. Yeah, both were offered, but maybe that's not. It's a trick. It's a tricky thing because if you go weights for weights, the thirty thirty absolutely stomps the three hundred AC. Mm-hmm. So like a one fifty thirty thirty is going to be. 400 feet per second faster than a 150 300 AC. Okay, so, right. So, like, take the power shock loading, for example, um, and that is nothing to scoff at. But if you if you pick like the optimal bullet, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on this um, 300 AC is a, a good example. That 110 Tac TX or in Hornady's um, Vmax line, the 110 Vmax. Mm-hmm. And you give it the velocity that it's capable of in that case, it's it becomes completely different animal at that point. Gotcha. So looking at some numbers here from the uh, factory barns loading here with the BC figures of the the 110 um, and that box posted muzzle velocity, we have a, a retained velocity at 100 yards of 2075 with this loading. Yeah. Which is, you know considerably faster than this loading is from the muzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that optimization of projectile and grain weight for the cartridge. You get away with a lot in copper by going down in weight, up sure. in velocity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of have to detach weight as being the piece contingent for success because it's really not. Um, sometimes it can be a booster. Sometimes it can be a detriment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a hard thing maybe conceptualize if, if you've not monkeyed around with a lot of them but like a question that i'll get asked is well why would you shoot a light for caliber projectile in your 308 for instance um i was like well okay let's look at that 130 so that 130 um if we look at a length analysis that projectile is almost identical to a 150 lead core bullet and so from that perspective, it's like, well, these bullets are effectively interchangeable, different alloy, different construction, so it's a lighter weight projectile. But what's better? A bullet that enters at 130 
stops at 130 or, in my opinion, exits at 130. Um, or a bullet that enters at 150 and stops at 80 or exits at 80. We've shed all this mass. And it's a different school of thought, and people are going to contend one way or the other. They're going to argue that, right? They can say one's better than the other. Um, as much integrity retention to that projectile as possible is what personally I'm after and has found a lot of great success with. So I'm cool with stepping down in, in bullet weight so long as I've got bullet construction to match. That 110 is, I think, the sweet spot. And, and shooters that I've talked to that have used a VMAX in that 110 um, also really, really, really like the performance that it's bringing to the table. What's cool is that VMAX is V standing for varmint, um, would typically not be utilized in a big game application because the bullet has, I'm going to use the word explosive, but I'm not going to insinuate incendiary because it's not um, explosive in that it is like a rapid delamination of the, the jacket. There's a rapid, you know, jacket core separation, basically a fragmenting of the projectile at high velocity. Because it has a relatively modest launch, launch velocity, um, actually holds together quite well. Right. Yeah. Um, and then that bullet is designed for expansion, which you need in the lower velocities to be effective, right? So, yeah, really, I mean, like that, like a 55 grain VMAX yeah. going, you know, Mach 12. Yeah. Would gonna be come apart. Recipe for disaster. Right. Right. But if you could slow it to. Oh, I don't know, 22, 2300 feet per second. Right. It would hold together, much like a, a similar to like a bonded bullet would, perhaps. And that's that's exactly what's going on with the 110 VMAX loading in the 300 AC, which we do not have on the table. No, it's interesting because I was looking at that. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't quite think it through the way you just talked through it because I was like, because it, you know, it's, I think it even has a picture of a deer by it, you know, on yeah. the website. And I was kind of like, ah, but VMAX, like in my head, I'm like, VMAX, yeah. like farm it. You know, like, eh, I'll print off these FTXs. Right. But, again, it's like the perfect blend of construction, velocity, What you know, what's happening to that bullet um, out of that cartridge is going to be different than if you plugged it into something else. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so that's my <clears throat> personal take on the 300 AC and which bullet styles would be best. And I think it's truly lighter for caliber. Bullets that were designed around that 300 AC, um, definitively the the 110 TAC TX was that that bullet was optimized for low velocity expansion, feeding up an AR feed ramp. Um, its profile is wildly different than that of of a, a different projectile in that weight class. Mm-hmm. Um, the 110 VMAX has shared some, I guess, um, airspace with other 30 caliber cartridges. It just being a light for caliber varmint style bullet. We used to shoot a little bit of them in three gun. Oh, um, interesting. Uh, the guys that would shoot heavy class would run 110 VMAXs and they'd run them pretty spicy, um, flattened trajectory, lower recoil, um, and, and make a pretty viable, like zero it at 25 yards kind of thing and hold on to target 300. Okay. And not have to worry about much for holdover. All it had to do is break paper or hit steel, and it was totally cool. Um, but that that projectile, that weight class, that style, ideal in in this cartridge is 300 AC. 223 is much more narrow focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go too light, and you, you're just out of mass anyway. You go too heavy, now you're getting on the anemic side for velocity, and, and then you're going to potentially complicate or prevent proper expansion of the bullet, depending on design. But, uh, yeah. Should we do some uh, poking? 
block surgery. You can take the sandwich knife. Which, yeah. which by the way, if, if you watched, um, Pizza Oven was back for the holiday season. It was. Yeah, and uh, our dear friend James made a, a pork sandwich. Holy smokes, was that good. It was delicious. But he, but he cut it with that knife. In classic gem form. Yeah. He just is full send all the time. You know, he doesn't worry about a whole lot. And uh, he, he brings it. out the sandwich that looks just absolutely phenomenal. It really was. I mean, it looked good. It smelled good. I knew I knew what he was putting into it. He had a couple little, little secrets uh, woven in there. Yeah. And uh, Ryan, MC Ryan goes, um, do you know where that knife was? Or, no, maybe he asked if he washed it. Anyway, it was this knife, the one that I'm holding, the one that Ryan and I cut all these gel blocks with. Yeah. Uh, floats around the podcast studio. Used all, for all sorts of different things. Any number of things. Yeah. Uh, finds itself on the floor periodically. It happens, yeah. Uh, we have several dogs in and out of the studio. There's dog hair, uh, things like that. And, unfortunately, Ryan... MC Ryan also had uh, bad news that he had cut himself with this knife uh, at some point in time. He's okay. Uh, but, yeah. and it, So, yeah, this Jim chopped all the vegetables and cut everything with this knife, and then he cut it in half with the knife, and, well, that just seemed gross to me. I ate the sandwich. I thought it was awesome. Uh, Jim came back with another sandwich. A reload. A reload. He said uh, He said he had washed the knife. He did. There's video evidence of it. Okay. I yeah. could see him just being like, yeah, I washed the knife. It's good to go now. And then, you know, I eat it. And of course, I'm totally fine because probably none of these things will, you know, kill you immediately. Oh, X marks the spot, huh? I'm going to I'm gonna set this tool here too, Mark, so you can use that for an extraction. I'll say this one is centered up perfectly. Yep. Uh, in the block. What's, uh, let's go over the penetration number on this again. Do you recall, Ryan? Um, if we wrote it down correctly. 17 and a half inches. 17 and a half. If, it, uh, if there's a discrepancy between that and the video, we apologize. Yeah. Um, I mean, 17 and a half inches. We, you know what we've seen a lot of? What? Between that 16 and 20 inch mark. Yeah. Yep. I will say this right away. The wound channels are not large. <laughs> they're not. No. They're, 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 they're pretty little. Little projectiles. Um, I, th- I would not personally hesitate to shoot a white-tailed deer with one of these things at a hundred yards, right? Uh, regardless, but it understand this is marginal. It's it's on I'd say on the uh, kind of like the threshold of mm-hmm. what you'd want to do with mm-hmm. it. Now, Mark, just you're just you know I was kind of thinking you were just going to make like oh, a little hatch, like just a kind sun, of like yeah, a, just kind of a sunroof it. Like yeah, okay. Now I need to remind myself don't don't cut myself while I do this. Oh God! Could you imagine? I'm operating it with two hands. So we got we have contact. Mark's taking a two cut approach to this. He's made kind of a. You got to go deeper than that, pal. I contacted the bullet. Ah, uh, no, sir. No, you did not. Ten thousand percent. I hit the bullet. You, I felt it hit. If you take a look here, you can see where your knives stopped on both plunges. And having watched the whole thing, I can assure you, you did not touch it. Okay, them. then here's what happened. I didn't 
maybe cut the material, the material flexed to where I made contact. I felt it go tick, 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 tick. Like, we'll review the video later. Like when... Uh, You've got another inch or so to go. It was a similar uh, tick, you know, when you're uh, when you're fishing, Ryan, and you're, and you're like drift fishing and you're getting that tick along the bottom of your lead. Oh, yeah, sure. With a bobber. Look at that. It's so tiny. But Beautiful it looks, little it mushroom. Does. It just looks fantastic. That is, uh, in terms of wildflowers, it's just one of those cute little ones that you see. It's just a little guy. Got a little bit of extra schmutz there. Uh, here again, when we're looking at the expansion and, and like the zones of expansion we're seeing in this bullet, they, they look very engineered. This doesn't look random. It looks no. like it looks like that bullet was scored in a particular manner to expand in a particular manner. Um, doesn't look like a lot of material loss along the way, Mark. Should we hinge a couple of bets on weight? Uh, so this started off at sixty-two. Sixty-two. Yep. Uh, Ryan, I'm going with sixty-two. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you my weight after I put it on the scale. Yeah, you like to do that. Yeah. I'm going to go with um, 56. Oh, wait. You can't change it. 56.6. Okay. All right. So we're firing up the Lyman digital scale here. Are you ready, Mark? Yeah. Here it goes. 62 grains. Mark Boardman. Can you believe that? 100% retention. 100% retention. I mean, I was looking the block. I didn't see any material Not loss. even a lick. And it doesn't have a tip to Jeez. leave, you know? Wow. How about that? Mark. You know, I mean, like, what's the, uh, you know, and then, I mean, there's not a whole lot, you know? 62 grains, you're not a whole lot there. If but, you can tell the difference between 55 and 62 in the hand, I, I think I owe you a Culver's. You bacon deluxe. Um, you know, at 100 yards, like I said, impact velocity of 2697. Cooking. Cooking with There's, fire. Look at that. 62. Wow. Foot pounds of energy. What's your guess on foot pounds of energy? At 100 or at you? the muzzle? At 100. I'm going to go with 998. 1,001. I was pretty close. So, I mean, it hits that magical, you know, you hear people, oh, you got to have a 1,000 foot-pounds. Um, it's hitting that at 100. It is. Just that, you know, on the box, on how, the box. How impressive is that little projectile? Um, let's see if I can get some of this detritus out of there. I think Mark kind of loaded the deck a little bit. You're not going to get more than a grain of... Uh, that stuff doesn't weigh a whole lot. If I get a found. drill bit and I open it up a little bit, then I'll get more than a grain. 62. It's re I'll, I'll even reweigh it for you. Still 62. Oh, God dang it. Uh, you want to do this next one, Ryan? Yeah, I'm all right. Take a crack at it. Let's see where we're at here. Carry Jesus. Neat. You know what we didn't do? What's that, boss? We didn't measure the 223. Diameter. Oh, yeah, we'll get to there. I found a pedal in there yet, Mark. Right at the well, end. Well, I heard you scrape and then... Pulling yeah. on that thing is that are those two? Based, did no, you modify no, no, the appearance no. of the bullet there? Based on the oxidization on the bullet, I'm going to say that that was not a fresh tear. I think that's where that thing came to a rest. 
And you can see where I gripped back here on the heel of the bullet. Um, Mark makes a good point. We failed our diligence. Expanded diameter of this Federal Fusion. Coming in at 0 .510, which we've seen bullets get to before. Right. Which is pretty cool to think about. Um, so on the 300 AAC here, we did have a pedal come off, but... And I, I may have, I may have inadvertently broken that off. I don't, I don't know for sure. I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> but here again, I, I see some distinct shaping of sure. this, oh, of yeah. this, right? So it, it looks like it was supposed to do a certain thing and we're, we're missing a pedal. It would have looked like a starfish if it was still there. Um, not all the pedals are completely curled back. Two of them are. I think the one that broke off definitely was. Two of them are a bit uh, out in the open, if you will. Um, fired weight was 150 grains. Interestingly enough, look at this. Concave base. Hmm. That is interesting. Look at that. Uh, 150 grains was the launch weight. Mark, care to make a wager? One. So that started at 150. I'm going to say. Remember, it's missing six pedals. 130. Okay. I'm going to go with one. 121.2. Wow. I almost said 140. So we lost pedal. Then, then we only you, lost I was going to say 140. I said, this is missing all the pedals. I was going, oh, maybe I need to. So with these big pedals out here in the wide open, uh, it's about 870 across the flat, 875. I mean, to me, it makes sense that they're not curled back. I mean, we see them really curl back when we have those higher impact yep. velocities. Yep. So, uh, we still ended up with, I think, some significantly better penetration despite that bullet not being whirled and curled all the way back. Twenty-two and a half out of the three hundred AC. So nothing to scoff at. No. There again, like I said, we've we've seen, you know, high teens, low twenties out of higher velocity cartridges. Um, that is not resoundingly different wound channels are very different you, you can tell there's less there's less impact energy going on there it's mm -hmm. not it's not displacing and disrupting and tearing that block apart like even the 308 would so that's pretty fascinating shall we uh swap blocks swap blocks swap blocks all right through the power of editing We've swapped out the blocks. Ryan, you just gave a little snap yep. there. I think the blocks are already there. Uh, oh, shoot. Timing might be a little off. Left. Yeah, we can adjust that in editing. Uh, we've got the copper projectiles mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I'm excited to look at these. Yeah, so a couple things right off the bat. Uh, wound channel on the 223, still pretty marginal. Um, mm -hmm. But bigger, it would appear. Uh, it does appear, I wouldn't say, I'm not saying like something, you know, Monumental, nope. but it does appear to be a little bit bigger there. Yeah, penetration in both is good. Looking at not even looking at the numbers, just looking at the blocks, um, it appears they're quite even on the in the penetration department. I have in front of me, Mark, the cartridge stocks, um, the official, the note. And it yeah. says 21 and a quarter inches of penetration out of the 55 grain Barnes TSX. Out of the 110 Barnes uh, Vortex TAC TX, mm -hmm. 
22 and a half. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. is that? Is that difference of an inch there? Uh, nominally, yeah. Uh, wound channel on the 300 AC is notably better on this one. Mm-hmm. We saw a marginal increase uh, with the 223, notable increase uh, with the 300 AC. It looks a lot more akin to what we were seeing out of, say, like 308. Sure. It's, get, it's getting there. It ain't the same, but it's getting there. Um, Makes sense. I mean, it's still a big projectile at 110. You'll note going quite a bit faster. Plastic tip is quite a ways out. Mm-hmm. So be mindful when you make your weight gas. Yeah. Let's cut one of these rascals out, huh? Yeah. Let's do it. Whoa. Oh, extraction. Extraction. Wow. Look left. at that. Look at that. It's pretty little petals. My goodness. I will say I'm, you know, these barns, they always just open up so nice, you know. Um, that would make, you know, if you had a couple of those, you could make some cufflinks. I'm not sure what cufflinks are for. Uh, they link cuffs. I think they're more of, they're, I think they're for show. Or you could do uh, an earring. You really could. Yeah, that's lovely. Mark, I give you this flower. <clears throat> All right. This little guy, I'm going to say, uh, well, I'll, I guess first the last time. What are you going to guess on this? Uh, 55 grains. That's what I'm going to guess, okay. too. We're both right, guaranteed. 55 grains. 55.0. Across the flats, hard to pick a measurement on this one. 490. 490. Okay. And, uh, and Mark, this was 5? Five... Like 510. Okay. You'll notice, um, you'll see the petals are are turning the direction of rotation mm-hmm. as if a ton of force was exerted on them. Oh, I believe that to be the case. Yeah. yeah. I'm, good. I'm glad you believe that to be the case. It'll give you, you end up with like an interest. Look at, uh, same. Yeah. So I will say both these projectiles opened up brilliantly. Yeah. We, uh, just about double caliber diameter, a little bit more than, mm-hmm. and 100% weight retention. This is no surprise. I would say that's a dead deer. We yeah. saw, I, I think, an improvement in everything. I wouldn't. I still wouldn't shy away from the sixty-two grain federal. Yeah, you know, whatever one shoots better in the gun, I think is a totally fine. That's thing. what I would. That's what would determine my choice. Yeah, between yeah. the two, for whichever sure. one shot better. And you know what? We were shooting nice. them out of some horsed-up ARs. They both shot really good. Mm-hmm. All right. A little side block surgery. Up here. contact. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. Oofta! Look at that. <clears throat> that looks like one of those face huggers from the movie Alien. Yeah. That's a that's a big old it's a big old projectile. The pedals are so long. Yeah. You know, on, on both of them. Yep. Um, okay, so this is the one ten TAC TX. Yep. What's your one oh eight seven? I'm gonna say one oh nine. 
Oh, interesting. It's a big plastic tip on there, you know? When you look at that, it's much larger than I was hinging a bet. They're usually, the other ones are usually like a grain. <clears throat> so we have one pedal that's kind of kicked out errant mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, the rest all kind of curl back and nearly contact the shank of the projectile. So widest point across the flats, just for the sake of conversation, about 690. 690. And, that, and that's measuring kind of with like that outlier pedal. What is it with, uh, you know, if you went across like the other ones? Is this like a Boone and Crockett scoring where you got to? Yeah, we need to have multiple people measure it. Yeah, to... 600. Okay. You you get detracted points because. It's non-typical. Yeah. <clears throat> I've never understood that. Yeah, that's, I mean, to me, that's like an been... interesting human element placing a strong precedence on symmetry. Yeah. Um. Boy, I sure don't care. No, I, don't, I have a tendency not to discriminate bucks. I said, "Well, that one's got horns." That's the determining factor. Yeah, correct. That is legal beer. Uh, okay, so there's a 300 AC 110 TX. Cool. Um, yeah, 110. I know I've mentioned this before, but I have to go back and look at these facts and figures. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 2350 MB. Okay. That's pretty neat. Um, so did we did we come to uh, any disagreement with our initial findings? I think not. No. I think that both of these would be a fine choice. I think you may be buying yourself a little bit of insurance with mass and frontal area with the 300 AC. However, having shot a white-tailed deer with a 223 Remington and watched it immediately die... Um, I was quite comforted by that performance that we saw out of that. That was totally fine. I think they're both both great. I mean, obviously, you know, the two two three has enjoyed decades and decades of military and law enforcement use and mm-hmm. is a proven um critter in that realm. <clears throat> Three hundred AAC is great great choice as well. I think i I think I'd be to show any bias in the 300 AC, I think I'd be more inclined to use the the Barnes loading. In the 223, I'd go either way. Whichever one shot better in the gun. Yeah. I think I would draw that same conclusion only because I like the increased velocity of that 110. Yeah. And it's still like a large projectile, yeah. right? So you're yeah. not making like a... A big sacrifice there. Agreed. Um, but I think you'd shoot either of them, and they do just fine within the parameters that we've set of kind of like that 100 yard mm-hmm. and in range. Mm-hmm. Um, are either of them going to be my go-to? No. Probably not. No, absolutely not. Um, but, man, like you said, thinking about getting kids into hunting, I mean, boy, who doesn't own a 223? You know. Well, okay, so that's a good that's a good statement right there. Who doesn't own a two twenty three? There's a lot of folks out there that their only center fire option may be on AR. Especially we saw we saw a lot of new gun buyers in the year twenty twenty, twenty twenty one. Sure. And a lot of those folks went out and picked themselves up uh on AR. Mm-hmm. Don't think you don't have a also viable... saw a increased interest in hunting as yes. well. Don't don't think you don't have a viable solution to hunt white-tailed deer in your area um, with that gun. Just keep in mind yeah. the limitations. Yeah, and that's a, a situation here I think we've exemplified that if if you have a 16-inch AR and it's chambered in 
5223 and or 556. There's a viable option there. Or if you're looking to add up a little bit or add a little flavor to it, you can just pop your upper receiver off or do a barrel swap. Give yourself uh, maybe a little bit of advantage with the 300 AC and uh, increase your flexibility a little bit with that. Which, yeah. we, again, novel of the AR. I've got uh, I've got some uppers and different cartridges that I just swap them and I'm ready to party. From 22 LR to 300 AC, everything in between. There that's, you go. That's pretty neat. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add. No, fun gun. That was a fun shoot. No recoil. We were not subjugated to recoil during this test. No. It was pleasurable. <laughs> nope. No shoulders were harmed yeah. in and the... It, uh, in fact, when Mark and I were zeroing the night before, we, we even had a little fun. We were we were shooting some subsonic rounds out of the out of the uh, 300 AC with the suppressor on there. And, Boy, that's a delight. Oh, it was, it was like it's like a it's like a putting with a golf club just instead of bang. Gosh, it was cool. That was neat. That'll be a fun one. Yeah, I think I'm gonna hunt with 300 AC this year. Boy, there's worse ideas. I know. I'm gonna take a pig hunting. I said that already. Mm-hmm. It's, it's forefront now of my Now you mind. have to go. It's forefront of my Oh, I'm going. Ten likes and Ryan has to go. I'm going. There's no question about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is fantastic news. Yes. Let me know how it goes. It'll be great. I invited you, but you declined. I didn't decline. I said maybe, <sighs> which is basically the same thing as a decline. Um. All right. Well, Ryan and I will sort out our personal issues off air. And, uh, yeah, there you have it. The 223... The 300 AAC blackout. Uh, what do you think? Would you hunt with these? Have you hunted with these? I'd love to get some uh, some input from folks that have shot deer with both these cartridges and how and, and how it went for them. You know, it's one thing to do these tests in gel, and and you have some you know experience there, but sample size of one. Right. I'd love to uh, compile. Yeah. For a all the larger all the, sample size, the pig hunters out there. A lot of people hunting pigs with both these cartridges. Pigs are notoriously tough. I was going to say, and they're tough. Yeah. What's your go-to? Let us know. Somebody's going to throw 6.8 or 6.8 SPC in the comments. Neither 6.8 SPC, and you wouldn't you wouldn't be incorrect. No. All right. Thanks there everybody is. for listening, for watching. We'll catch you on the next one. See you. Bye. There you have it, folks. Thank you very much for listening. As usual, give this video a like if you liked it. Comment something below and give us a subscribe to the Vortex Nation podcast channel. It would mean a lot to us. Also, why don't you give us a follow over on Instagram while you're at it, at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'd love to hear from you over there, and we'll keep you updated with all kinds of cool photos and videos from our adventures that we do here. Otherwise, we will see you on the next one. Thank you again. Happy hunting and shooting, everybody. Have a good one.